going to open up the doors to hemp products being regulated and authorized by the Department of Public Health. It's going to open up the markets. It's going to benefit farmers. It's going to do a lot of things that are going to help the farmers. There are definitely issues with the legislation as there always will be and we will continue to work on them and we will continue to work together. Welcome to the Miracle Plant Podcast, the show that inspires, promotes, and gives you a daily dose of inspiration from the people who have used cannabis to change their lives in extraordinary ways. Here's your host, Justin Benton. Welcome back, everybody, to the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we talk about this miracle plant with so many names and how it helps people in so many extraordinary ways. Today, we have a very special guest. Last week, it was Dr. William Courtney. This week, we have the one and only Patrick Goggin, the lead counsel for the California Hemp Council. And he has been behind the scenes working with Politico and and everybody up there in Sacramento to finally get a CBD hemp bill passed in California ever since the public health department came out with their frequently asked questions three years ago, saying CBD could not be in food in the state of California. And I've been on the California Hemp Council with Patrick, seen the work, been there in Sacramento, watched the bills being written, have stood up in uh, this in the California Senate and and, and testified on behalf of this, uh, on behalf of the hemp farmers, on behalf of the, of the folks in the hemp industry. And uh, we've come a long way and we have until August 31st of 2021 to get everything ironed out. And we're going to bring Patrick Goggins interview on that we had earlier this week. With some Q&A that's pretty heated, and there were some heated conversations after this interview as well we'll get into. But uh, just happy to have everybody here. And we've got Dan and Janet and Latara and, and some audience folks on here. And we'll bring some Q&A afterwards uh, if you guys want to come up for questions and, and comments. But uh, uh, does anyone have anything to, to add in before we uh, play the interview? Let's get it. All right. With no further ado, Dan, you uh, ready to fire up that interview and let's crank the volume up so everyone can hear it. And uh, this is Patrick Goggin, uh, who is uh, his own, he has his own practice. Uh, he's, he's the absolute leading hemp California, uh, you know, attorney for any questions you have. Uh, he, he leaves his email at the end of the interview and we'll have it in the podcast notes if you're listening to this on the podcast. So yeah, let's do it, Dan. Let's play that interview. Welcome, everybody. We have an incredible episode, an incredible interview here at the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we talk about this miracle plant with so many names and how it helps the world and us on it in extraordinary ways. Today, we're bringing back a guest who was on earlier, Patrick Goggin. And we have a lot to talk about and catch up with Patrick. A lot's been going on in his world and lots been going on in the world of California hemp and uh, CBD out here. And he's the lead uh, general counsel for the California Hemp Council. And uh, he can help explain where we are and if we're going to be able to cross the finish line this year on getting uh, AB45 passed out here in California. And uh, with no further ado, Patrick Goggin, welcome back. How the heck are you? Yeah, so AB45, this is a continuation of our efforts in the state to regulate hemp manufacturing that has really gone um, unaddressed since 2013 when we passed the hemp farming bill. And then it, it, it really comes on, on the heels of, uh, our Department of Public Health's, uh, FAQ issued in July of 2018, which essentially parrots the FDA's position that CBD is an adulterant and that it's a prohibited food additive uh, and dietary supplement. And similar to what other states, a number of other states have done, is we are trying to pass legislation that regulates hemp manufacturing uh, as essentially food processing facilities and uh, works to protect consumer safety at the same time, opens up the playing field to a regulated environment, which we believe 
will greatly uh, open up avenues to retail shelves for our uh, hemp farmers in the state. Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, I know um, there's been a lot of you know confusion, and we've gotten this bill close to the finish line a few times. I'm also a part of California Hemp Council, and uh, you know all the great work that that you and and Brett and Eddie are doing up there in Sacramento. Um, you know how 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 comfortable or how um, hopeful are you that we're going to be able to get uh, get this bill across the finish line this year? I, I think the deadline's August 31st. Is that right? Yeah, end of August is uh, the end of the legislative session, and, and, and we're feeling fairly confident. You know, we've been working on this for years. We've got a large coalition of folks working on it. We, you know, we continue to face uh, pushback from the cannabis space and some pushback from uh, hemp farmers on various provisions. The you know, the, the, a lot of the cannabis manufacturers would like to see a, a THC milligram uh, cap in in these products, and and are fighting hard to get one in. Um, we're pushing back strong on that. We don't believe that is needed. We've got a number of provisions that um, prevent uh, intoxication from these products. Uh, but in terms of the the proceed you know, where we stand procedurally, the bill has gotten out of the assembly. It's the the, the House of Orig- Origination. It is in the Senate. It got out of Health Committee in I think the beginning of July, late late June, unanimously in the in the Senate. So it has one or two more um, committees in the Senate, and then uh, it'll go back for a concurring vote. And then it will go to the governor's desk, and I, I I'd be pretty surprised if it, that didn't happen this year. Well, fingers crossed that after three years of of trying to regulate the industry, because again, like you said, you know the the health the California you know public health department put out the, the FAQ frequently asked questions, um, basically saying that selling CBD in retail stores and food products and uh, a list of other types of, of products that you would see on the shelf that that the uh, Farm Bill in 2018 made legal. They said it wasn't legal in California. And so um, they were literally taking, raiding uh, retail stores, taking products off shelves, CBD products off shelves, uh, obviously chilling uh, the, the, the entire economy uh, of the hemp and CBD industry. Right at the very beginning, there was um, all kinds of um, you know, pushback um, from people not knowing what they could do or couldn't do. Uh, so many dozens of other states in our union have passed clear, defined hemp and, and CBD rules state by state. And California, we still haven't. So uh, we still have gray um, areas where we don't really know uh, what what we what we're supposed to do. And it's uh, what what kind of effect would you say it has had overall on the industry by not having a clearly defined hemp CBD uh, just rules in place in California? Well, I think most importantly, it's 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 had uh, an impact on farmers and consumers, well, actually across the board. Um, but it, but it, it it's it's reduced outlets for farmers to to sell their their hemp flour. It has it has made it so um, consumers don't feel as confident in the safety of these products because they're not regulated by a health department or or agency. And it's it's hurt the uh, manufacturers because they there's a bottleneck in terms of processing material and getting getting uh, product on the retail shelves as well as um, a limited you know, amount of retail shelves that they can get on so as long as that FAQ is in place. So um, it's definitely stymied the growth of the industry in the state um, and, and, and left a lot of sour, uh, a lot of sour tastes in people's mouths. Let's just put it that way. Well, and, and I agree because I know, you know, I'm obviously in the, in the hemp CBD California space. 
Uh, and we have some retail stores and manufacturing and wholesale and distribution. And we've, we've not expanded our product line simply because we don't know, um, what we're, what rules we're supposed to play by. And, you know, there are some, some, you know, some beverage options and some other product lines that we have ready to go. We've got systems, you know, in place and we're ready to start manufacturing and we're ready to start bringing them to market. But it doesn't make uh, fiscal sense to me to invest a ton of money in a product line uh, and a manufacturing process if there are, all the rules could change tomorrow uh, or August 31st. And at the end of the day, I could invest all this money and have the products taken off the shelf. So I know personally, from personal experience, by not having something that's clear cut, this is how you proceed in a, in a fair and legal way. Uh, it has certainly slowed us down. So I'm, I'm looking forward to having something pass. And, uh, and I think as you said before, you know, it was a great, uh, quote was, um, you know, if, 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 if nobody's, really happy with the bill it's probably a pretty good bill because there's so much compromise and there's so many moving parts and there's so much influence from all different directions and i know you and just to maybe give the audience who doesn't know much about you maybe give them a little background of how long you've been fighting for this plant mm-hmm. and how much you've been an advocate for hemp and cannabis yeah well in california i've been been advocating for the hemp legislation going back to 2005. Um, I, prior to that, I had early on in my, in my legal careers that I got licensed in 96. I got into, to the law for environmental reasons and I practiced, we were, we, we did some, uh, clean water act cases and, um, some toxic torts um challenges in, in the state and I found that I really want I needed a focus and and so early on I decided to to focus on hemp and um I at the time late in the late 90s got in touch with um a, a great uh old hempster Don Wirtshafter who um that that was the beginning of of the development of a number of relationships that led to um, being local counsel, co-counsel in the seminal HIA v. DEA cases in the early 2000s when the DEA was attempting to, to ban hemp foods um, at the behest of the Office of National Drug Control Policy, actually under the, the Clinton administration. Um, so it's been a few decades, a couple decades of, of advocacy work here uh, in the state and, and nationally. And, um, you know, one, one of the, the greatest lessons that I've learned over the years is that, you know, we, we end up facing, uh, setbacks along the path of progress. And when we, when we bump up against those, um, those barriers, we, we, we don't, we don't accept defeat. We accept that, that we may have lost the battle, but we have yet to lose the war and we are going to win this war of policy change. It just takes time. And the most important, uh, skill or, or, uh, aspect of our personalities that we can, um, employ right now is, is patience, endurance and fortitude. Love it, brother. Love it. Love it. Well, I, I, uh, I personally want to thank you for all the hard work that you've done. I know I've seen it. I've, I've been there behind the scenes and behind closed doors and, and seen the struggles and the fights and the conversations and the miles that you've driven around the state to meet with different institutions and organizations on both sides of, of the, of the arguments and, and, and watched you, um, diligently um, figure out a way to find something that we can actually get signed so we can have some legislation, some regulation, just some legal way for us to proceed forward. So California can, can, can just make it very clear to both the consumers and the, the, the folks on the business side. How do we proceed without worrying about, um, you know, agents coming in and taking our products off the shelves? And, and again, this was all really started by them uh those that 
that put out those uh, frequently asked questions saying that CBD was not legal for retail sale and food and, and things of that nature. So uh, I definitely so happy that you all the all the wonderful work that you've done. And I, I, I know that you maybe don't get all the, <laughs> the, the credit just yet, but a lot of people who know behind the scenes know that you're the one and, and you know, working up with the California Hemp Council in Sacramento. Uh, we're we're the ones that are, are are putting the money where their mouth is and putting the you know the hours and sleepless nights to get this uh, to get a bill across the finish line. So I just wanted to to acknowledge you and thank you for all that work. Yeah, I mean, look, I appreciate that, and 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 you've been a great part of of this team effort, and that's what this is is, and that's how we operate. We operate as 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 a team, uh, a coalition. Uh, one, you know, that, that, that welcomes in, um, you know, discussion and, and, and disagreement. Um, but we're going to, to continue to deliberate to get to a point of, um, you know, how, how we can move forward. Um, what, what compromises are, are we willing to make, um, on that path, uh, of progress? And, and unfortunately that just the, the nature, of the legislative processes that that you have to, particularly in the state of California, where the number of interests involved and the uh, stakes are, are are so high, um, you know, we've got a incredibly well funded cannabis industry in this state, and um, it is it, certain elements of it are working to. Um, very much protect their its turf and it is w- more well funded and more re- well represented in Sacramento and and while we and I actually do work in in that space as well you know we're we're working to find that common ground where uh that hemp can can exist in in, in normal retail um Cannabis has its lane, and then there will be an. We're, we're all the while we're working towards an integration where hemp can be used as an ingredient by cannabis cannabis manufacturers and uh, can go on to cannabis uh, well, retail shops. I do have a question about that, Patrick. Because mm-hmm. I mean, and forgive me, it's been it's been a while since I've I've really followed super super closely with the uh, AB forty five saga. I've just been been farming. I'm like here in the greenhouse spraying and watering plants. Like I don't even have my own spray team. But um, uh, one of the concerns that I've heard is that the, the latest iteration of the bill redefines uh, industrial hemp as, as cannabis hemp. Does that mean That's that in the future, true. like all, all hemp products could be regulated by the Bureau of Cannabis That's Control or that they no. could have input over, say, how fiber is processed? Or no. Can you clarify That's, that then? That's not true. There's, there's nothing... There's nothing in the bill that redefines hemp as cannabis hemp. It's it's all hemp and industrial hemp. It's and it's defined it's defined federally, as you know. It's defined in the state. And uh in terms of the integration, we're talking about cannabinoids and, and the use of flowers. We're not talking about the the bureau or the D the DCC, um, the, the Department of uh, Cannabis Control coming in and, um, regulating the farming of, of hemp. Um, and, and in fact, the, uh, hemp manufacturing under the bill is completely separate and apart from, uh, can, anything to do with, with cannabis. It has its own regulatory, uh, structure. And, uh, hemp manufacturing will be regulated as normal food processing facilities. So the notion that this is all becoming, you know, uh, hemp is be- becoming, you know, regulated by, uh, the, the, the cannabis regulators is, is just not true. Um, and it, and it's ill-informed. What, what we're trying to do though is have some integration occurs so that hemp can get into the cannabis space. Um, and so, it, so it just to clarify, up. the 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 integration you're talking about is so that uh, hemp derived cannabinoid products, CBD, etc., 
can be sold in in like BCC licensed uh, dispensaries or basically their their retail kind of market that that they've they've etched out and kind of created separate from you know the regular retail markets that we're all used to here in California. But what what does that kind of come with? Does that mean that that farmers will have to register with the BCC or that those manufacturers will have to register with the BCC? Like what? Well, like, let me, let I'm me sure go. the cannabis people won't, won't like that because they, they will feel like, you know, all these licenses and really expensive uh, costs they've incurred over the year to get into that specialized zone will, will be less valuable. Let me clarify that, that that's a, that's a, um, that's an objective we have. We do, we do not have, it's not yet a part of this legislation. And I think you, the, the, the questions you, you bring up are, are, in a lot of ways, not fully answered yet. And so that's probably why, uh, it'll, it won't, well, it definitely won't occur in, in, in this session. And, you know, it'll, it'll be, uh, there could be some trailing legislation or, or, or a two year bill that's picked up on this next year where that could be included, but we're not there yet. I, I was, I was pointing to, um, you know, where, where we're headed eventually. Love it, love it. Is there any other questions, Milan? You're up here. I, uh, I, and I know there's a lot of confusion about uh, the bill, and that's why I wanted to invite Patrick on to uh, make, you know, just have real clear cut understanding and real clear cut decisions. And if there is any any questions that people have, let's let's get on the same page, right? Because we all love this plant, and we all wanna we all want to be able to see this, um, you know, hemp specifically thrive uh, in California and um, so I just there, there is there, there is something that I'd like to add since Tony's Tony's on and, and, and to to the projects that are going on throughout the state that are working more towards um, the rest of the plant beyond the seed and and the um, the flower to the to the fiber and the herds and 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 the industrial all the, the myriad of industrial applications that that is um, where we need to start paying more attention. And, and, and putting more, uh, thought into how we are going to begin to take advantage of this incredible resource that we have at our fingertips. And, and I, I, I want to, uh, express a lot of gratitude and to, to Tony and to the folks that are in, the, in the trenches right now, um, plowing the fields on this and, and, and developing, doing the R&D, uh, for the future, um, Hopefully the future is not just now. I mean, way out there, but that it is now and that is is happening sooner than later. Um, and, and we're going to continue to look at um, things that we can do in Sacramento to advance that. Yeah, absolutely. I second that. And I was up at uh, Tony was a part of and Milan was a part of the Hemp Field Days up in Riverdale and Lemoore, California. And we got to see these beautiful plants that Tony and Larry were working on. And, uh, it was, they were like 15 or 20 feet tall. And <laughs> we had like these hemp tunnels that we were walking through. And there's a bunch of videos on Instagram you can see now. And, and it was like an old corn maze, but, uh, it was incredible. And we saw that cotton mill, uh, being converted into a hemp mill that's actually running and um, products are being made. And, and, uh, the fiber movement is happening. And, um, you know, it looked like it was the first fiber hemp crop that was being harvested in California dating back to 1994. So absolutely. Tony's been incredible. Um, you know, he's down here in Ventura County too. I get a chance to hang out and see his grows as well. And, um, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm just happy that we're having an opportunity to, to talk and, and have just clarity about where we stand, where we are, um, what's uh, to come. And, uh, I do want to definitely want to thank you both for being here. looks like we had a couple more questions. Well, to, I mean, it, it's interesting. Like, I think we all are excited about the future of the industrial uses of the plant, but that's, that's other part of the, the concerns about, about the bill is, is that, um, you know, as, as, as fiber and grain and these industrial uses come more into focus, like these are, these are really places for really large farmers, large, large conglomerates, agribusiness interests where they're, they're going to succeed because, you know, as, as, Many, you, you all know, like fiber and grain production and CBD production also benefit hugely from economies of scale. 
Like there's, there's massive economies of scale potential with that. And as we see fiber get established, it's going to be really large, really well capitalized interests, farmers with like legacy landholders. Um, but really like the, the last remaining opportunity in, in hemp for small farmers right now is smokable flour. And that, that's like a lot of the concern about AB 45 removing smokable flour or banning smokable flour. And I just wonder if that's something that you guys have received a lot of interest from small farmers about because, you know, the, the, the economies of scale that apply to fiber, to grain, to CBD extraction don't really apply to smokable flour production. It is a, it is a craft product where, where small farmers, uh, with a lot of horticultural intensity have, have an advantage and can produce, you know, a high quality, a high quality crop. Um, well, and that's, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. a lot of the concern with, with AB45 has been from what I've seen people I've talked to. Yeah. Well, I think the economies of scale could ultimately apply there as well in the future. But that has been a, has been an issue that, that has been something that we, that, that, that the governor, governor and, and, and the, um, Department of Public Health got some language into the bill that, that, that appears as this, that it creates a, a smokable flower, uh, ban. Um, and we've pushed back hard on it. Uh, the, the Department of Public Health has, you know, puts up his hands and says, we don't regulate, uh, smoking products. It's, it's in the tobacco area. Um, that all said, if, if you, if, if folks look at the language clearly, um, and, and perhaps People don't want to hear this, but, um, you know, that the language that appears to be prohibitions, um, is just has issues with it. And, um, if it passes as it is, it, the way we read it is that it, it's not going to be an outright prohibition. Um, and that it creates some, there are openings in there. Um, that said, loop, loopholes to thread, in other words. <laughs> that, that that's right. There's a lot of vague, like vagueness like the established in, agricultural research institute, maybe. There there's there's vagueness and ambiguity, and um, you know, at, at this juncture, we're fine with, you know, if it, if there's going to be some language and not language that we would like to see in there, um, that that you know, we'll, we're we're not going to die on the sword, um. If that language is still there and we think that there's workarounds, but we're, but that, but to the point is we, we, we're going to continue to work on it and we, we, we want to try to get it, you know, proactively covered. Um, it's, but it's been a, it's been a really, um, tough, tough nut to crack. Love it. Love it. Uh, Wade, you're on stage. Did you have a question or a comment for Patrick? No, just soaking it all up. I'm driving back down to grab some more stuff to bring back up to the hemp gin there in uh, Riverdale. That's Very awesome, interesting. brother. I, uh, wanted, I just want to make a quick comment. Uh, following a little bit about what Texas is doing, and it looks like they're going to ban uh, hemp farming, uh, at least for smokable flour. And so that means you can sell smokable flour into Texas, but Texans won't be able to grow it and sell it. Uh, what, what's your opinion on that, and, and what do you think the reality of that happening here in California is? It would be pretty difficult to grow really high-quality smokable flour in Texas, at least from what I've heard about the climate and such. But I don't know. I'm not a farmer in Texas. Well, <laughs> the, the the Texas provision, it, like, I, I don't know exactly where it's at in court, but there was there was an injunction placed on on their prohibition based on the way it was it was languaged and um because it 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 interfered with uh interstate transportation and and so that you know i guess they're they're going to try to work on those issues and and apparently um you know the way it's the way it's um languaged or or structured right now that that it's odd that that non-Texas 
hemp could be sold in the state. Um, it's kind of an opposite of an equal protection argument, um, w- which is quite phenomenal. But that's what we see in 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 the hemp space is that things are not um, com- always commonsensical and that they evolve in in strange ways. Um, I, I I think in California um, this issue is you know is is largely going to be um, I, I I'm speculating, but I think that it, it it may very well be a little bit like the the FAQ in the first place, where you know Justin talked about there was there was some enforcement on 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 CBD in the state, but it's been very limited and and sporadic, and ultimately it will come down to um, you know is is there interest in enforcing a provision that is vague and ambiguous and that remains to be seen um it could be need to be or the administration or or future administrations could see the need to to possibly tighten up uh, a prohibition but we're going to fight hard to open that up um and and we're committed to that so um i i think it's it, it remains to be seen just how it unfolds in california but it will be very different from texas Wonderful. Thanks for the insights. I see uh, we have uh, Chris Boucher up on uh, stage here. Do you have a question or a comment, Chris? Yeah, I've been. Thanks for having me on, and good to see everybody here. And I have a little spotty service here, so I kind of didn't hear everything. And uh, but yeah, it's good to uh, you guys are talking about it, and you know our our concerns with the Hemp Farmers Guild and all the farmers we work with. And again, I think Tony's mentioned is the. It's just the, you know, the smokable flower, the uh, cannabis control board, emergency regulatory action can be taken at any time. Um, any part of the plant can be deemed uh, unsafe or unhealthful. Just just the way the bill's written. Can, you know, can, it, Chris, I'm sorry to interrupt, but the cannabis, the, the, the Department of Cannabis Control has no authority over hemp under this bill. It can so if I believe the I believe there's a name change of the industrial hemp. It's hemp or no, there is not. It's hemp or industrial hemp. There's no it's not been referred to as cannabis hemp. Um so that it's just that's that's not accurate. So why where it says the cannabis control board could have regulatory insight and uh um be able to impose uh uh, emergency regulations is well, maybe I'm reading it. Yeah, like I think may, maybe you you might want to cite it specifically, and maybe we can have a follow up conversation. I don't know if we have time. Yeah, we, for we've that had one. several lawyers review it, and it's just written very poorly from what we've seen, and with no input from any of the farmers. And I mean, yeah, we I mean, Chris, that's we've had we've had all kinds of. Um, outreach and 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 whatnot, but let's 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 you know. You and I've talked a lot about this, and um, let let's just say that that this this legislation has been being worked on up in Sacramento for the past three years, and it as you know, just like with the hemp farming legislation, it it's a sausage making process. There's yeah, a but significant yeah, amount. Process. You know, we've been invited, but at fifteen thousand dollars to join the group, and I'm just being straightforward. And you know, I mean, I know there's a lot of candy coating, but you know, from our group and from our analysis from several different people, it's just the way it's written. It's not productive for smaller farmers, local farmers, and industry in a whole. And you know, we we can look at ten different ways, Patrick. Um, we were not invited unless we could have paid to become part of the association. And a lot of people can't afford that type of fee to be on the board, you know, so. Okay. Well, but, but Chris, this isn't a debate right now about that. I mean, look, you and I are, we're, 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 we, we're. I just want to interject to clarify to anyone who's listening. Um, just want to make sure we're on the same page. Uh, Chris, when you were talking about the association, which organization were you referring to again? Uh, to pay with the uh, California uh, Hemp Coalition. 
No, it's it's the California Hemp, Hemp Council. Hemp Somebody Hemp, else yeah, yeah. has decided that they wanted to create the California Hemp Coalition and and, 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 and adopt that acronym. But you know, I'd rather not debate these things right here on on this. Uh, it's not uh, a debate. It's setting. just from our view. I'm not debating. That's that's another time. But yeah, I mean, it's just our opinion. And um, I, I wish Josh was on or also uh, Justin, but. Uh, they didn't make the call. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, we have different opinions and, you know, what farming groups were involved, hemp farmers in crafting this and then looking at the sponsorship from the outside lobbyists that are involved in it, in the cannabis beverage industry, canopy, um, the CCIA. It's, you know, definitely there's a lot of questions and answers. And again, I'm not here debating, but, you know, there, there's cracks in the wall and, you know, we're here just to try to really um, look down the road and look at the future, you know, uh, whether it's. Well, look, the future, the future, Chris, is, is, is that this is going to open up the doors to hemp, hemp products being, being regulated and authorized by um, the Department of Public Health. It's going to open up the markets. It's going to benefit farmers. It's going to do a lot of things that are going to help. The farmers, we, we definitely, there are definitely issues. Let me finish what I'm saying. There are definitely issues with, with the legislation as there always will be. And we will continue to work on them and we will continue to work together. And you know, we will continue to listen and we'll continue to do our best and we'll continue to advocate the best way we know how, uh, for the industry and, I kind of like to leave it at that, Chris. If we want to talk further offline, I'm happy to do it. We can continue to agree to disagree, and I, that's fair for me. And I, I do appreciate the work you do, but um, at the same time, there's just way too many cracks in this legislation to be helpful. And, you know, leaving a lot of the farmers out of this you know, negotiation, I think, you know, down the road, um, you know, we will sit down and maybe craft a new bill. Um, and we'll also wait for the FDA to do the regulatory framework for CBD, you know, with the state doing it. I think, um, yeah, it sounds great. And it is good for definitely distributors and manufacturers. There's no question about it. I'm not saying the entire bill is bad, but, um, for sure, there's definitely cracks in it. And, and to have trust and blind faith, you know, in government policy and especially in legislation is a slippery slope, you know, and getting, two-thirds majority here, it just kind of really dissolves the uh, AB, I mean, uh, the Amendment 64, kind of the power of that voter initiative where the hemp was actually ushered in in the state. So, you know, there's definitely opinions, and we disagree. Well, hemp was actually ushered in in 2013, and, and, and 64 actually, it, it, it helped to, to, to bolster it. But again, you know, you gotta get, gotta yeah, get your, yeah. gotta get your, gotta get your, your, your voice at the table and participate. And that, everything, all, all, all legislative activity requires participation and getting, well, getting. Much to, is the membership of the California Hemp Council? You can get in. I'm on the California Hemp Council. Uh, there's a couple of ways that you can get involved. Um, you mentioned a 15,000 to be on the board. Yeah. You can also get in as a junior, uh, associate for as little as $2,000 a month. No, you, no, we're talking about we're talking a year. We're talking, wait, hold on a second. We're talking a year, yeah. and it's you know there, this is there's there's something called the U.S. Hemp Roundtable that charges a hell of a lot more. And the idea here is that we, we need to be we we need hemp needs a um, a body a well funded body in in Sacramento advocating and fighting on its for its on its behalf. And there is no other um, organization. Fighting that's that's funded that that that's maintaining a lobbyist that's that's working hard in the trenches at at the center of the negotiation. Um, that that's a reality. That's what's needed, and that's what's needed to push legislation. Um, and and again, we we will happily continue the conversations. And um, you know, our our sleeves are rolled up. We are not um, fly by nighters. We will continue through this session, just as we've continued through for the past 12 sessions, and we will continue into the future for the next 12 sessions. We've been here. We've passed, we, we are the folks that helped pass, 
um, the hemp farming legislation in the state. And we were the folks that continue to have a presence in Sacramento on this and are fighting as hard as possible on hemp's behalf. Yeah. And I, and I just want to, again, acknowledge Patrick for all the hard work that he's done. California Hemp Council that I've been a part of that was formed when the, the frequently asked questions came out. Uh, you can get on uh, for as little as 2000 a year. Um, you know, if you break that down monthly, you know, you're looking at like 150 bucks. And, you know, and you have it's a pay to play. You, you were talking about well-funded, like Chris was saying, there are well-funded um, industries out there that are do not want that, that see hemp and CBD as a threat to their, uh, you know, their market share. So, um, you know, it is one of those things where, you can hire your own lobbyist and spend tens of thousands of dollars, as other companies have done on on the hemp side and the cannabis side. Um, we do have the California Hemp Council for people to be included and actually see the verbiage as it comes out and get you know you know monthly updates on where we stand on certain bills with California and hemp. So again, if you are interested, reach out to myself or Patrick about um, the California Hemp Council. But again, I did want to, and, and I just want to make sure everyone knows, again, if it wasn't for Patrick and California Hemp Council, I don't know where we would be. Because you should have seen the stuff that was on the bill before we started fighting and knocking and redlining things out of there. And uh, I know um, a lot. there's a lot of interest and there's a lot of passion and there's a lot at stake. And uh, I'm just um, telling you that um, I'll put, I put my, my money on Patrick. And what we've what he's done, and as long as we keep having these discussions, and Patrick's totally open to it, uh, having these discussions and clarity and and input, and um, you know I've seen it uh, firsthand. So Patrick, I, I don't want to keep you too much longer. No, no, I just, I but but I want to re. But I just, there's something I want to clarify. It's not it's not about me. It, like I'm I'm part of I'm I'm representative of. A, an effort, a larger effort. I'm a part of that effort. It is not me. It is far beyond me. And it's in the name of the plant. It's in the name of the farmers. It's in the name of the industry. And it's in the name of the environment, most importantly. And that's, and that's what, um, you know, I'd like to leave us with is, is that yes, we can, we, we will have our disagreements. Chris and I have been disagreeing till you know, the, 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 the dogs come home since 2005 on things, but here we are continuing to collaborate and continuing to, um, work hard and, 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 and push forward our beliefs passionately. And, and, and for that, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of mutual respect. Um, but we're going to continue to do it and we're going to continue to do it in the name of the plant to, and, and, and in an effort during a time when our planet historically and evolutionarily and humanity's evolution is facing so much uh, in the face of you know, challenges and, and our future and, and what does is, what is life look like in um, on the planet and California in particular, um, it's, it is not a... Um, good looking prospect right now and and hopefully hemp can play a role in in mitigating that absolutely brother well spoken well i do want to thank everybody for coming on stage um i patrick's a busy man he's got to get back to doing his thing and helping this plant uh see the the day of light and having its day uh in court if you will so thank you so much everyone for joining us thank you patrick so much if someone wants to get a hold of you patrick what's the best way for them to get a hold of you I can be reached at pdgogginlaw at gmail.com. Best place to get me or through Justin. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on. This is going to be, a, uh, you know, on the Miracle Plant uh, podcast for you to listen back to again, which can be found anywhere you find your podcast. So make sure that everybody uh, gets a chance to second that. And let's continue to have these discussions. Let's continue to um, talk with each other. Let's remember that we're, we're, this is, you know, we're in this together, you know, the, we're, we're on the hemp side of the fence and we're all trying to figure out the best thing that we can do to actually get the best thing going forward. And sometimes it's incremental and baby steps. So once again, everybody, thanks for coming on, listening to Patrick and uh, any questions, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you can reach out to me on Instagram or you can reach out to me on uh, um, the back channels here on Clubhouse. So 
Thank you, everybody, for joining, and we'll see you next week. Well, there we have it. <laughs> some great debate, some great conversation. And, uh, you know, I'm just so glad that we have this recorded and that this will be, you know, it's it'll be there for reference. You know, and, and if people have questions about where we stand or where we stood, um, that they can come back and listen to these conversations and understand from the horse's mouth where we stand what's really going on what are the real issues what's the the real context and uh yeah just uh I, you know i love all that patrick's done so uh, any any comments or questions uh from anybody here i'd like to say i really like patrick's optimism that the bill will be passed uh this august he seems pretty confident yeah that's uh definitely a, a positive um you know patrick is uh you know he's right in the middle of it and he and he he's, he keeps an, an optimistic approach to um this whole thing uh, i think you got to be an optimist to to, to 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 be in the in the cannabis hemp uh, arena uh because there's just so much that you will come up against and uh, you know, so many of us have had our lives or the loved ones of our family or friends um, affected in such a profound way by this plant that it gives us that extra spark to keep fighting and knowing that you're doing what's right for the world and what's right for humanity. And uh, it kind of gives us that extra fuel to keep fighting because honestly, you know, if, if this was just about corn, <laughs> I don't think we'd be fighting this hard and I do love me some sweet corn growing up in Omaha, Nebraska. Don't get me wrong. But if it was just corn, uh, I don't think we'd be fighting as much as we have uh, because it is this cannabis hemp miracle plant. And it's helped people in such extraordinary ways that we just don't ever give up. And so long as, like Patrick said there at the end, it's so long as you keep it about the plant and you keep, keep it about doing the right thing and helping out your fellow man and helping out the environment, then things are going to work out in the end. You know, we just went on an 80 year, you know, uh, total uh, off ramp of the plant. You know, this this access to research and access to the, the medicinal pro sides, even access to the protein and the food and the shelter and the textiles and the clothing and paper. That's all been basically the only thing that before 2014, the only place you could get hemp products and hemp seeds we're, we're from other countries. So uh, we totally took a, a detour the last 80 years. But the good news is we're here and, and we're, we're fighting the good fight and we're on the on the forefront. You know, people can look back 50 years from now or 100 years from now and and say, you know, this is what what great work these people did. <laughs> Thank God that they fought the good fight and they fought off the big pharmas and they fought off the, the people that were just interested in the money. So uh, just super excited uh, about that. Did you have anything, any questions from the audience? Feel free to raise your hand and come up when you can ask a question or a comment on the California Hemp Bill AB 45. Uh, Dan, did you have any uh, insights or comments or questions? I just really enjoy listening to Patrick Goggin. Even though I know not everyone doesn't agree with him, the guy's heart's in the right place. You can, you can just tell he is so passionate. He wants to do the right thing. He wants to make this right for everybody, and you can just feel that. I've and in the other interview you did with him, it, it came out even more. He's a true soldier for what we're doing, and and I, you know, I don't want anyone to lose lose faith in him because I think he's doing the best he can do with the cards he's dealt. Absolutely, and and when you meet Patrick and you get to have a conversation with him, and you look at his his body of work of what he's done for this plant, especially in California over the last, you know, two plus decades. Uh, it's hard to argue <laughs> that his heart isn't in the right place and that he hasn't got the, re you know, hasn't got the results. I mean, he's gotten the results. He was there with the DEA fighting lockstep to, to keep access to this plant um, what, uh, amongst all types of attacks from all types of different organizations uh, around this country and around the world. So, and even in this conversation, as I talked about before we went live, you know, I started getting phone calls. I started getting people trying to intimidate me and, and because they were so passionate about 
uh, the, this bill and they, they believe that it was, you know, somehow um, wronging, you know, the farmers or things like that. And, and that's the part that that we have to just, you know, settle down. And if we want to make change, then be a part of the process, like Patrick talked about on here, then show up in Sacramento, then join organizations like the California Hemp Council or other organizations that are actually involved in the process of writing the bill. Don't just be a hater. Don't just be someone who puts the bill down, who talks smack about it, who, who you know, isn't involved in writing the bill. You know, if, if you're if you're not if you, ha- if you haven't put skin in the game, then then, you know, then you're not in the game. And so, you know, we talked about on here that there's an access to the California Ham Council for as little as two thousand dollars a year, which is like one hundred and fifty bucks a month. And um, we are literally in negotiations, in conversations with hired lobbyists in Sacramento, California helping write the laws, helping, you know, go back and forth with some of the things that, that they put in there, you know, and one of the bills, one of the things that was on the original bill that they wanted to pass last year was that California hemp couldn't leave the state, you know, and there was all kinds of crazy things that they wanted to put in there. People under the age of 18 couldn't use it. (laughs) I mean, just like crazy stuff. And so those things all got got, you know, taken, you know, they got redlined and taken out by Patrick and others on the California Hemp Council. And and, you know, unfortunately, those that are against the bill were, were, you know, um, talking about those points as if they were still in the bill because either nefariously or because they weren't educated about that. That version of the bill was the first draft from what, you know, other interests wanted. And because they weren't involved in the actual negotiations and the actual conversations, they didn't realize that that stuff had been had been thrown out months ago. So, again, uh, it's there's no one's ever going to agree on anything. I don't think if we looked up at the, the sky, I, I'm pretty sure people would argue that it's blue. But um, you know, again, if 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 you're here for the right reasons and you want to see what you know and you want to advance this plan, have it access to more people, uh, and and help clean up this world and environment, then just get involved with organizations that um, are a part of, you know, part of the solution. And um, that would be my advice on that. So with that, uh, any final comments or anything else before we wrap up? I always want to say something. Uh, We talked before the podcast about when you do not pass this bill, it continues in this massive state to leave things unregulated. And that's why we have a lot of CBD that isn't, doesn't work well, shall I say, from some unusual places people buy it. And so they think CBD itself doesn't work. And then I, I mentioned, too, so Dr. Phil apparently this week had a show with his doctors on it, using really old research from a long time ago that some people had sampled like 60 types of CBD from companies. Uh, some of it they got like at smoke shops and gas stations or whatever. And they found it didn't meet what it said on the label. And they made it into a huge overblown thing saying that CBD is harmful. It's totally unregulated. It's got poisons in it that will make you sick. And this is going out over the airways to the millions of his listeners. And then it's really hard to control that if we don't get a basic bill passed. And so to me, that's really, really desperate times really to uh, save the quality of the CBD and have people trust CBD and have people recognize its health benefits. And the final comment is I really enjoyed that. Patrick is an environmental lawyer and his overall point besides getting the CBD and the hemp bills and everything passed is the environment. And uh, Justin, you need to repeat your famous statement from Jack O'Rare. I think it's a great way to close the show today. Well, from the book, uh, The Emperor Wears No Clothes that he uh, released uh, you know, 30 some odd years ago, um, uh, about hemp activism and cannabis activism, he said hemp may not save the world, but it's the only thing that can. And because of its so many uses, because it literally cleans the soil from the heavy metals and the toxins, because it cleans the air, and there's a huge, there's going to be a huge opportunity for farmers, 
hypercarbon sequestering tax credits. I've been reading more and more articles on it. It's coming. There, there's going to be an amazing opportunity for U.S. manufacturing jobs for people to make products out of hemp. Like you heard on the guy Wade that was bringing up hemp material to go through a hemp gin so that they could uh, refine the hemp uh, stocks into a usable material to make plastic, to make wood, to make clothing, to make paper. That is a renewable energy source. It is a renewable, sustainable product that can be grown every three to four months throughout the year. Um, you know, it will literally clean up the the, the, the the terpenes will be released into the air and clean up the air that we breathe and the greenhouse uh, gases. It, I mean, it, like I said, the, 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 the quote is so poignant and so brilliant. And my belief on top of that is I believe since, you know, growing up again in the Midwest, we had what was feral hemp, which is wild hemp, which we call ditchweed because every ditch you drove by you saw hemp growing and um, whether or not we get behind planting this plant and letting it grow and just letting it clean the earth and clean up our mistakes and letting us process it and make, you know, all these different products that we can make or medicine that we can make out of it. Either we get behind this plant because I think pretty much anybody who's really got their eyes open knows we are at the bottom of the ninth inning here. And there's two outs. And yes, we could still hit a grand slam. We can still have a miracle finish like they had on the Field of Dreams baseball the other night. Um, but we have to start getting in step real quick here because, you know, there's just so many reports that are coming out that, you know, the earth is, you know, the temperatures are heating up, the waters, the oceans rising. All of these things are happening. And if we don't stop that process, if we don't reverse what we've done, then we're going to get past that point of no return. And, you know, future generations are going to look back and be like, what did you do? You could have changed. You could have done something about it, but you didn't. And now we have, you know, an almost un an inhibitable planet, you know, from growing food sources and from temperatures and all of those kinds of things. And like I said, Either we get behind this plant and it will help be a part of the solution, a big part of the solution with other things like renewable energy, or we don't. And just like the dinosaurs, we're not around anymore. And then hemp is going to still keep growing and it's going to still clean up this planet for the next, the next, you know, species that gets its shot, you know? So at the end of the day, this beautiful miracle plant, we still have an opportunity to make a difference. And what that means is passing common sense laws in California so the, the industry can open up. And we, are the, we are the fifth largest GDP in the world. California is the fifth largest GDP in the world. The big fifth largest economy in the world. It's the largest agricultural producer of products in the world. So once we get this opened up, and hopefully by August 31st we will get this bill passed, we can start to make huge strides in reversing uh, all the damage that we've done, uh, helping clean up the soil, helping other crops grow, helping, you know, use products like, you know, biodegradable plastic bottles that can be, you know, biodegraded back into the soil in 80 days. So just so excited to see what's here to come, you know, be a part of the solution. If there's anything I can do to help you or educate or connect you, you can find me, uh, Jay Benton at 101cbd.org is a good email address. And uh, with that, at the end of every show, we say heal the world, because that's what we're doing, passing laws and working with doctors and researchers and uh, can't wait to uh, just keep doing our thing, uh, one show at a time, one day at a time, one family at a time with this Miracle Plant. So on the count of three, let's say heal the world, because that's what we're doing here at the Miracle Plant Show. Ready, everybody, unmute your mics. One, two, three. Heal, heal the world. world. Woo! All right, everybody. Have a great week. Have a great day. And take care of yourselves. All right. See you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 
Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.